you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. And this is kind of funny, especially uh, to, I, uh, I had a, a large telecom company, I don't know if I should really say the name, that they were, they had such, um, they weren't going to miss a deadline. And so there's any number of systems that weren't fully tested, that weren't fully functional, that they just declared it is now in production and now we're in maintenance mode. And in maintenance mode was when you added all the stuff that hadn't made it in. But then it's precarious because now it's not you're doing it in the background. You actually have a test, you know, a, a development and test and production environment. You have to like, okay, now someone's got to stay up overnight pushing all this stuff, doing the database changes, whatever else it might be. And and, and it now when you it have a problem, it's not seen by 10 people on your team. It's seen by a thousand people in the field. Right. And so you've kind of ratcheted up the hazard level. And yeah. Yet, wouldn't miss that deadline. Oh my God. I Isn't that the same mentality that's getting video game makers in trouble? Oh yeah. You know that, that, well, boy, there's, they even have, what is it? Vaporware. You know what I mean? They had to come oh. up with a term for people that had said, yes. don't worry, it's coming. And then it's not, doesn't miss by a day, a week, a month. It misses by a year and two years. Oh, <laughs> Duke Nukem was Duke like Nukem. 17 years or something. <laughs> exactly. And finally somebody puts it out just to say, see, told you we could do it and it's it like sucked but who cares <laughs> my favorite is when something breaks and they're like well how long is it going to take to fix uh well i i don't know yeah I'm i like, haven't even investigated yet yeah i don't know what's wrong well why not well it could be like 20 different oh. things i gotta fi i said here's what's the 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 thing is i will spend the next six hours figuring out what is wrong and what needs to be fixed right. then i'll tell you and a half hour later, it'll be done. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's it how it works. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, one of the ways that I got a reputation early on as a pretty good consultant was not only in my own work, but in other people's work, it, you, that you could find, okay, it's probably this. When right. you say the probably, and it's right, let's say 70% of the time, they it really shows your understanding of that particular system or of systems in general that it's most often, you know, and we can go into the various different era types, but that ability to say what, what's, you know, Microsoft, when they talk about security, they call it the attack surface, you know, that there's all these places that it could be. And, and you have to be able to narrow quickly your solution space as to try the thing that's going to be either the most probable choice or the one that when you say it's yes, no, it cuts in half what it might be so that you quickly narrow binary search wise to what it might be. And yet right. some part of fixing it is you have to not make it as if it's magic. You have to show progress. I know it's not this and this and this. And in a Thomas Edison way, all of those things are a good thing. You've narrowed what you know it's not. Right. You know what getting I mean? that concept across to yeah. people that aren't developers is very difficult. It, and it can be very weird. And, and, and it either makes you look like Scotty from the Enterprise or uh, Jerry Lewis as the nutty professor. <laughs> you know, <I> mean, <laughs> well, it's kind of it's such. Boy, this is, it, it, you know, there's so much humanity that goes into this. Hardly ever was the system, oh, you really did go past the memory limit of something or other. Most of the time it was, okay, who changed something? Who right. put bad data in a field? Who, you know, it, they, they, they didn't talk about this during spec time. But, yes, that field can go negative, And all the assumptions are that it never does that. So, yeah. you know, and, and Colleen, again, she talks about this not in a coding way, but just in a financial way. There's any number of times that, like, if you're good at just – looking at, okay, what's the difference between these two columns of numbers and they should add up and you can quickly find the anomaly. Other people really don't have that ability. This is, who knows why this is? You, there's, there's all kinds of silly things that happen on Facebook. We're like, what's the odd thing here? And there's a whole field of eights and there's one B and I'm not kidding. I usually can go, well, there it is. It's, it's doesn't, I don't know what my mind does to be able to do that really quick sieve, you know, the, the sieve of Eratosthenes right. to find prime numbers where it just, it stands out so much, even though to everyone else, it's this slight near impenetrable thing. Well, it's, you kind of like, you don't just start at the top and go to the bottom and left to right. You kind of like unfocus your eyes 
And right. your brain is mighty with how it says there's something funny and there it's like threaded. Yeah. I, it, it, it's, it's like those uh, things they have where they take all the vowels out and then people right. look at it. And I, it's one of those things that I, I like, okay, that's great. And then I'm like, wait, you mean you people can't read this? Can't I'm like, it. It, it, I didn't realize that it wasn't easily readable by people. That's exactly it. I don't think I do it as a gloating thing. It's more like, well, that it's just works. I, I right. didn't realize other people didn't have it that way. Same right. with, you know, we, we, there's any number of like, whatever, little litmus tests as to how your mind is a different kind of mind. All those magic eye things where you could like see into it and a 3D image would appear because it's been, I, I, not steganography, but it's a similar thing. You know, they've got yeah. uh, hidden in the image. Right. I think it's going to be called a stereogram or something like that, right? Steganography right. is where you actually hide an image mathematically in something. And if you know the transform to take it out anyway, the <laughs> those things would be like, okay, well, usually what I do is I look at it and then I look twice as far through it and then it appears. Right. And people right. are like, how in the world do you look twice as far? Well, you just kind of like unfocus yeah, right. your eyes and you will yourself to, and, and like, no, I don't will myself to do that. I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, it, there's, there's all, I actually did once did, this is a, a, I don't know, such an ego stroke. I did uh, a talk at a Mensa gathering called like, you know, La Vida Smarta or something like that, <laughs> smart life. But it was all those little ways in which I kind of, all the little edges you get in life or all the little disbeliefs that as we were, we've been saying, not everybody does this. You know, when you, when you, this is a very stereotypical one, you pay for something and you give people the change that will allow them to give you $5 and 50 cents back, not a miscellany of change. They don't have to worry about the computer telling them how to give it. And they really sometimes give you that look like, you know, I, I don't you want this change back? Just give me the five. It's like, no, please just punch it into your computer and trust me, it'll be correct. Right. And, and like, I don't know when you sit at the light and the minute it goes green, I'm ready to go. And nowadays there's the eye pause where everybody who's on their phone doesn't do it. But even before that, it was just, are you really not paying attention? And it really yeah. takes that long to penetrate. And I, again, please don't, I hope this doesn't come across as weirdly arrogant, but when you do it a thousand times in your life and you realize not the other thousand people don't necessarily do it. It's a very weird thing to not be able to like, wow, here's two things, products on the, on the um, grocery store shelves. And this one's a better buy because you do the quick math. Boy, not everybody does right. the quick math. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, <laughs> if it's not the same amount of ounces yeah, and and people are like, oh well, I, I, this one costs less, but it's not as good a deal. Well, what do you mean it costs? Less? You know, exactly. and there's so many of those things that honestly, maybe it was just all the people I was hanging out with, the jobs I had. I didn't even realize not everybody thought the same way. Not everybody realized or or calculated things the same way or whatever. Yeah. And I've come to realize that as I've gotten older and through the years. And it's just, it's almost astounding. I kind of look like, okay, do, do you understand this the same way I understand this? Right. Yeah. And you have to actually walk through it and, and get to, are we on the same wavelength, if you will? Yeah. And some of it is domain specific by that meaning. So Colleen and I have been watching our baking shows. It's yes. such a wonderful, calming thing. And yet, you know, after a while you start to pick up on the vocabulary and you know the difference between a rough puff pastry and a shortbread. And what's a ganache? And like before it was like, well, it's a crossword puzzle word. I couldn't tell you. But, just, <laughs> but, but after a while, it and it, it's you can tell the bakers from the people that just follow a recipe, they can glance in and say, that looks done, and they're right 90% of the time. And, you know, so whatever it is about coding or about any number of other things that we talk about, people who are musicians, they can pick a bum note out of an orchestra. Uh, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's kind of cool when, if you start investigating things like that, that the first time that you realize, huh. I'm kind of doing that. I'm getting enough of this loaded in my brain that it's developing the patterns and it can do those quick things instead of it being only laborious, only manual, if you will. You right. know, now I'm starting to get, uh, it's, it's very satisfying and, and even in physical activity, you know what I mean? You do something 20 times and you realize, wow, now my hands are typing without my having to think about it. Right. How yep. cool is that? You know what I mean? You get finger memory, you get, you can offload that processing into its own little sub-processor and, and music's big for that and music exactly you know when people 
you know, hey, let's let's do a little improv. I know there's amazing, outrageous improvs, but there's all kinds of people that are great bar band improvers where it's yeah. like, okay, it's going to be a blues in the follow me for the changes. You know what I mean? That people really, they look telepathic with how they know the conventions of that particular kind of music. They know their lead and what he's probably going to do. And, and so they just kind of get into, they can do a little improv and then come back to the main line. And I, I love seeing that where a band is playing together like fish. They're not, they're not one ply deep. They're like seven yeah. deep. In terms it, of they, it takes some their own man. <laughs> there's a certain amount of, uh, uh, appreciation you need to have for music itself yes. uh, rather than just the latest pop sound or whatever. You know, there are certain bands like we were just talking about where people listen, they're like, what is this garbage? You're like, Oh my God, are you serious? You don't get it. I mean, really? Listen to this, you know? Yes. Was big with that a lot. Exactly. Uh, One of the things I always, so uh, PDQ Bach is he's, yeah. he's now he's quite old, uh, uh, professor Peter Shickley. And so he only tours like every five years and it's a big event when he does, cause he has to come out from the university of Southern North Dakota at Hoople. <laughs> but he was so great about understanding classical music so much that you can play with it, that you inject these little popular things or you combine two classical pieces into some unholy, you know, a combat algorithm. It, right. I, and, and if you, I, I'm not enough of a classical music fan that when I first started to listen to him, I got it. I knew that it was interesting and odd, but I didn't get, wow, it really is that this particular thing from Bach is so much like a more modern thing now. And so, you know, I just post a little thing about how Pachelbel's canon is embedded in all kinds of songs, you know, <laughs> yep. now people realizing it. And maybe that's some part of this joy of being able to recognize those things so you can appreciate the joke, appreciate at least the reference and the, the, the homage homage exactly you know that, that it's not always joking that sometimes it's like can't do better than that particular race right. let's just and, sneak that in there <laughs> and when you really get down to it we've got 12 notes that's all we've got to work with you're going to get some of the same stuff at times i mean i've pointed out at times how uh hair metal glam rock from the okay. 80s yes how the chord progressions is very very similar to like 90s country <laughs> There's a lot of similarities between them in the progressions. Exactly. Uh, it's just how you're playing it with other effects or intermediate notes and things. That's right. In fact, you know, I, one of the, uh, besides the, uh, the Paco Bell Cannon, what led me to that was like I mentioned, you know, so here I am watching a little bit. I, I instead of going to, what would have been my default in times past? Well, I haven't heard Ravel's Bolero for a while. Let's go listen to the prog rock version of that. Then instead, well, you know, Maurice Ravel wrote that for a full orchestra. And nowadays you can find everything on YouTube or on the net somewhere. And so it was a joy to go and like, let's go listen to the Bolero. And then once I did, it was like, you know, I love a whole bunch of rabbit hole that I didn't know about until I was a prog rock fan. And so let's go listen to night on bald mountain. Let's go listen to, you know, ELP and yes. And, and refugee and all the other places that have either done exact versions of it. Yes. Used to open their shows with the firebird suite, you know, and even if they weren't playing it, it was the opener. Um, Marilyn used to use uh, the, the thieving magpie, like La, La Gaza Ladra or something. And so it's like, well, now that's in my head and you know, let's not just listen to the, the five guys version. Let's go listen to the 80 piece orchestra version. Right. It was a delight. <laughs> well, I, I've so. said, uh, when my kids were little, I came to the realization that we learned all the classical music from Bugs Bunny and cartoons. And that's why I made that reference. It wasn't yes. just Bog Rock. It was cartoons, because where do I know yeah. Barbara Seville from Bugs Bunny? No, 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 My kids, that generation, all my kids learned 80s music from all the animated movies, Shrek, and then all the stuff that followed. They, that's really, because yeah. I've heard so many people comment uh, that their kids like sing along to 80s music. They're like, how do you know this? It's because of TikTok. It's because of Shrek. It's because of all of that. I guess on in snippets and, and yeah. on incarnations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 80s music, I guess, is huge for kids to use in TikTok. Whatever. Because <laughs> I, I guess if that's the first place where anybody could make music, you know what I mean? You had yeah. disasters like Human League and Flock of Seagulls, but there were other people that were really still making music while, while you know, the first time they had their Casio seat keyboard or whatever else it might be. It's a, by the way, before we, I have to just mention this, because this is, you know, one of the things we often talk about is what's the cool 
music, movie, whatever, that unless I told you about it, you know, you wouldn't know about it, but it's fantastic. I love when people give me those recommendations. If you've never seen Allegro Non Tropo, you have to see it. So Fantasia came out, you know, back in the forties, I guess, right? And right. Fantasia too. But as you know, it's, it's incredible animation um, set to classical music and, and really well done. Allegro non troppo is kind of like uh, an homage, a reply to a making fun of that done by an Italian director where it's, it's the same thing. It's got music from um, Debussy and Sibelius and, and, and the Bolero Rovell's Bolero is the closing piece to it. And it's hilarious because it's not only the music and the stuff is really beautiful. The inter, um, the, the, the pieces in between that introduce each piece are not just Mickey talking to, who was it? Um, the, Bernstein, the Stravinsky, whoever was yeah. the director was in Fantasia. I can't believe I can't remember offhand. Um, yeah. They're very witty and very much making fun of. You'd have to see it, but it's, it's so well done for nobody knowing about it. It kind of boggles my mind. Huh. So if you get a chance to we go. see Allegro Non Tropo, which I think means something like fast, but not too fast or strong, but That's, not too strong, something like that. Yeah, it sounds right. It's, it's just such an undiscovered gem that I, I, I give you this gift. Everybody in the world, whoever listens there to we go. you got to go catch Allegro Non Tropo. It's so good. PSA <laughs> for the week. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, jumping back. Uh, well, first of all, you mentioned flock of seagulls and I, the, I so remember watching that one video with ran the, away, hair, the guy, the hair, but the part that always got me was the guy singing was playing keyboard and he took his index finger and just hit one note and then what stood note? there going like this for five minutes and then hit another note. And I'm like, wow, you're experienced. <laughs> it's my stereotype for terrible 80s synth rock is humanly going tainted love. Uh, right. uh, oh, oh. Four notes again and again, nothing to it. And, and honestly, there was people, everybody has their favorite decade. Everybody talks about how the music that you were listening to when you were 16 right. is what you think is the best music. So this isn't exactly that. I was already, uh, you know, I guess 20s when it was the 80s. Man, for all the crap music that was being made, and then you tears, tears for fears. And they're making fantastic, Beatle esque, lush, perfect production, glistening production. And like Thompson Twins, same thing. There are some standouts from that. And instead of just being the kind of like, I don't know, the punk version of synthesizers, you know, Eurythmics were making great music. Uh, it's great still. that they were standout. And they still are. Exactly. Annie yeah. Lennox, her solo albums are fantastic. fantastic. Her voice, her voice has gotten better. Yeah, exactly. And and so it's kind of funny. There's you know, Sturgeon's Law. 90% of everything is crap. You can't just say 80s music because what made it onto the radio was so dismally well, bad that it had to be replied to with grunge and stuff like that. <laughs> what's really scary is my kids know um, Flock of Seagulls. Okay. They know who that is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, okay, so switching a little bit, you mentioned the baking shows, and that's we were talking about. Let's talk about some of that. We've talked about our health, uh, and now uh, we're, we're both watching what we eat. Uh, we have been for a while. It's not like suddenly new. Right. But uh, I thought it might be a good topic to re revisit again because my cousin just got tested and his A1C was 9.0, <laughs> which is really bad. The cusp, right? That's that's high. Yes. I mean, okay. Now, yeah. and, and it didn't surprise me. He was in denial, I guess, for a day or so. Um, but then he suddenly, like, just, bam, embraced everything. And I guess, uh, and this is the interesting part, you know, learning how to eat healthy and different. And I've been doing that for years. When I eat something bad, I understand, you know. So. Right. Now, question for making, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, question for you: uh, Do you do the finger stick and check your blood glucose at times? No, I don't. I'm still so I'm I'm no longer pre-diabetic. I'm right on that cusp, but I don't have a monitor. I don't have any finger sticking that I'm doing. I am taking metformin, which is supposed to be one of those things that when you take it with your evening meal, it keeps your the glucose from um, accumulating in your blood and it helps right. get it out. And they just started me on Jardians to head off going towards diabetic, really whatever is bad about diabetes. And that's, I am in denial to a certain extent. If you're on <laughs> Jardians, it's because they, they, you're diabetic and you have to get out of it. So, and let me just you know say, um, 
you know, Jardians, they give you a special little, like, here's your coupon, your discount card. Right. So it's a TV drug. It's not one of those that only the doctor knows about. They've been advertising it, and that's a big part of the budget. Still terribly expensive. Thank God that we have an HSA where we've been accumulating money for exactly these circumstances. But if you're looking for, like, why you might want to get off of a certain drug, how about $10 a pill? Right. God. Uh, gosh, darn it. <laughs> first time you step up to the pharmacy and you're used to, you know, whatever I've had to take in the past, I, I'm on a, a statin, a torvastatin, because I had elevated cholesterol and it really worked for me. I went from like, you know, high 200s to like 150. Half, you know, 300 is your, I never crossed the threshold for that one. But that's one of those things that's of such long standing and, and it's now a generic that it's free or it's $9 for three months. Right. It's amazingly cheap. And then when you find out that Big Pharma really has been working on some of these drugs and they've got to recoup their money. And so, boom, when I was on, I had my atrial fibrillation. I had to be on a blood thinner to make sure I didn't have any cardiac things, even though I really didn't seem to have had any problems with that. And so, hey, you should be on Eliquis. Go to the pharmacy, and Eliquis really was like $1,000. It's like, yeah. I'll go on Warfarin, and I'll go to the doctor to make sure that I get checked so that I'm in the range correctly, because that was the $9 drug instead of the $1,000 drug. Right. So My father's got a lot of those. See, I got to tell you. I don't know how people do it. I mean, even if you have insurance, it's that much. This is right. after copay and, and everything. So here's here's my here's my thing, and I could rant about this. Uh, I've dealt with these types of things most of my lives. My father got uh, diagnosed with diabetes when I was still in high school, okay. uh, and he had high blood pressure and heart uh, disease issues. Uh, he had his first open heart surgery, and I was still in high school, and it was. And so, you know, really quick early on, I was basically told, well, if you do not watch yourself, you're going to have the same issues because right. it's mostly genetic. Future. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I'm so I've eaten better. I can't say I'm a god of eating and I watch it well. I have not always, but better than most. Again, one of those things that I'm doing it better than most people, but I don't realize it because that's just how it is. Okay. My cousin, on the other hand, is horrible about what he eats. And that's why I was asking about uh, the finger stick, uh, partly because I learned what foods were bad for me and which weren't. Um, back in the day- Avoid those ones in particular. Yes. Yeah. Back in the day, they always checked your blood sugar right before you ate. It was a fasting. Uh, oh, here's what it is. Okay. Well, now they recommend more so that you check it two hours after you eat because that's when it affects your system. And even then, there are some foods, and we've talked about this a little bit, that will spike your blood sugar faster and some that are evened out. So it, that makes the glycemic a index, as they yeah. say. Exactly. A yes. whole bunch of other new technology, terminology, yes. and having to learn. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I guess uh, the watches, Fitbit and Apple, they're working on being able to detect your blood glucose. So I'm like, well, I'm going to get me one of those. That's honestly, I think right now it can do, it does, you know, it monitors your heart rate and various different things. But when it gets to that, that that can be your finger stick, if you will. Yeah. That's, I I still have my first Apple Watch. I've not upgraded through like five versions. I think the Apple Watch 6 is out because I, I don't know, it tells the time and it does most of the functions that I want for recording my walks and stuff. It and tells the time? That is exactly. so cool. <laughs> yeah. Who knew that there was something everywhere? It tells the time everywhere? It doesn't wow. have Wi-Fi? So, we, <laughs> and I... This is a year ago that I first found out, hey, you're borderline, you know, got slightly elevated triglycerides, worry about your fatty liver, worry about that you're creeping up on your A1C. And so I, I made a whole bunch of changes along the lines of what you talked about. If I'm going to be a bread maker, then, hey, don't use sugar brown sugar, molasses, switch to honey, switch to agave, what are the lower glycemic yeah. index things. And same with if you're going to use, unfortunately, you know, you have to, I didn't start watching carbs, sheer carbs until recently. I tried to make all those minor repairs of, well, you know, I'm not a big candy eater, but don't have any, don't have any of the things that will really cause that spike. And 
fast food was one of those terrible things that I was still in the habit of having. If I'm going to the Baltus Vaults and I wanted, I've already done like my half day and instead of having lunch here, I would just get on the road and pick up a couple of McChickens, chicken sandwiches, and like, wow, the chicken's really healthy. The bun is not. The breading, the breading is not. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and really- even the places that advertise, uh, like uh, Subway or Panera, like they're healthy. If you really look, a lot of the choices are not. And that's one of the misconceptions. And people have so many misconceptions. Oh, you've got diabetes. Well, you can't have candy bars and sugar. Actually, I've checked. It is worse for me to eat a, a pound of mashed potatoes than it is to have a Snickers bar. I hear you. You know what I mean? It, and in fact, that's on a big thing that I'm working on is getting all those things in my mind. And so I read all kinds of lists for, you know, here's the the fruits and vegetables that you can have. Almost all veggies are good for you. So instead of concentrating on, well, don't have avocado or the particular ones that are bad for you, you can, you can, and like, I don't know, um, peppers. My Colleen and I really like um, you know, red, orange, yellow, not so much green in our salads. But then even then you find out, well, the worst of those is darker. And so what I was embracing before to have more flavonoids, more polyphenols, because that's part of a good, healthy diet. Now I got to worry about that in terms of, but, but that's still, um, you know, 12 grams of carbs compared to 50 grams of carbs. If you put on, you know, just that I can have nuts, but there's different nuts that are good or better for you. Um, so what I've started to do is at least avoid the worst of them and embrace the better ones. And especially like I'm tinkering with my bread. So I, I went and got carbolose uh, flour, which is with all the carbs removed. Which sounds tasty. Well, it's kind (laughs) of funny. So I haven't, when I, I haven't tried making it with only that because that was my fear is, oh, this is a delicious cardboard bread. You know, I didn't want to have that. I'm still doing mixtures, but I'm trying to like, let's say, let's go half and half. And that way I know that at least it's half better than what I was used to. And if I put nuts and seeds and other, not just fiber, but the more that you not only avoid carbs, but embrace protein and fat, you're it's kind of like the keto. It's kind of like Adkins. I really think I need, I'm very much, um, pursuing that i even got this is kind of funny there's a book called dirty lazy keto my (laughs) sister-in-law recommended to me and it really seems to be the kinds of thing that i'm looking for it's not only here's all the things it's very practical and very like irreverent in the right ways of you don't have to be perfect you just have to be better than you were and you'll watch the pounds come off and you'll watch your a1c go down and stuff like that so i really am already 10 pounds down just by avoiding carbs and yeah. part of what you'll have is there's going to be plateaus and then i really have to right now that's just from eating more healthy when i start eating even better when i start we were we're limited in our walking now because whenever there's it's really cold outside or there's ice on the sidewalks or something we do it less but come spring you know that's a big thing is just to to work you burn off whatever carbs you do take in and don't let right. your body say, hey, it's winter. I'll turn those into fat to protect us. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, sure right. You're not going to be starving. So I'm hoping, and and this is ridiculous, so many of the um, rules that I have lived by, like no mayonnaise, Al, no fat, don't do that. Well, if you're trying to really follow the keto thing and you're trying to train your body to burn off fats and avoid carbs, you kind of have to put cheese on things. You have to have a sausage. Yeah, And so what a weird return to now on my salad, instead of like a can of chicken, I'll put lunch meat on there voluntarily because it's fattier and and I don't know, I'm getting, I'm getting used to my mouth gets to have that explosion of flavor from fat, yeah. but I have to overcome all the guilt and the unlearning of, man, what, you can't have cheese. I, we, Colleen and I haven't had cheese in 20 years. We kind of push cheese out of our life because it is pure fat. Right. Well, <laughs> so. And, and there's, there are so many alternatives. And I think for Americans, especially there's a mindset that, oh, well, changing your diet you know, let's define diet folks. It just right. means what you eat. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean some crazy thing that's not going to work. Right. And, and it's, it's not temporary. I don't intend yes. to do this for three months, drop the weight and then go back yes. to my crappy ways. It's yeah. like I have a thing that every day I can do this every day. I can make myself a big salad with the nuts and the meat on it that I want and, and, and it, not be backslider. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So. It, it's so much a mindset. I mean, I get a salad, I put tuna on it. Uh, I have a, 
dessert or a breakfast I eat quite often, which is some plain Greek yogurt with just a little vanilla Greek Greek yogurt, put some flax seeds and cinnamon on it. And it's wonderful. Um, I do the yogurt ha- with pumpkin seeds, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I try to add the cinnamon. I love cinnamon. Thank you. Cinnamon's oh. awesome for uh, high blood pressure. <laughs> uh, I have a a, um, a chocolate drink. Now, it sounds, I just get the like dark baking chocolate powder, which isn't sweetened. And I throw it in the blender with some skim milk and a banana and maybe some flax seeds. And it's fantastic. Uh, you know, put in a little of the yogurt to thicken it up maybe a little bit um and things like people are like oh you gotta change so much well it's little changes make a big difference like oatmeal they you know oatmeal is supposed to be good for your heart but the instant packet stuff is not it's horrible that's exactly any apple spice any sugar it's yeah it's all processed yeah um but even like the quick oats or the normal oats is not as good as steel cut oats Okay. And it is a it little different. Time, right. That's one of those things that takes like 30 minutes on the stove top as opposed right. to wrappable. Okay. Yeah. yeah, very much so. But it's just one of those things. I'm like, well, it's good for me. And I put fruits and nuts and cinnamon on it. And it's very flavorful. And I enjoy it and almost crave it now as opposed to wanting a piece of pie. <laughs> that, exactly. That, boy, that's Everybody says that, but it's really true. When you change your habits, I, I think it's in the course of like three weeks, your body will cooperate and say, well, what I really want, the, the taste I'm craving is indeed yeah. that oatmeal. Now I don't yep. want the, the crappy Pop-Tart or whatever else it might be. You know, yep. it's, I think, and this is the realist in me says, you know why I'm losing weight? It's not only because magic, carbs versus fats, it's because I'm paying attention. You yes, know, that's really, it. Oh man, that's yeah, huge. I'm 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 I've not really an on autopilot eater. I really have given up a whole bunch of just mindless eating in front of the TV or whatever else it might be. But actively making choices and reading labels and checking on things and just having I don't know, once a day you find out well, I wanted to buy some soups for the winter. And you look at how what they've done to make all those soups fat-free or sodium-free, they're loaded with carbs. There's yeah. no can of soup that doesn't have at least 10, 20, 50 grams. And I was like, well, if part of what you're trying to do is embrace the fat, let's go for the chowders. Let's go for a New England clam chowder or whatever because it's a cream soup. Another thing I've I gave up cream sauces forever ago, Weight Watchers-wise. You can't have a milkshake. You can't have Alfredo, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's not only that they have fat. They're also loaded with carbs, too. They're just this perfect bomb of something you shouldn't eat. <laughs> which which is funny. Um, one of the substitutes that's good all around is the non-fat Greek yogurt. We use that. In fact, Gina uh, got a recipe to make dough that its main ingredient is non-fat Greek yogurt. There's like two or three ingredients, and it's dough that you can eat, and it's healthy, and you lose weight. So interesting. I, we have made a big change to, to yogurt for any number of, you know, like that, that you often substitute that um, um, for, for milk or anything else like that. And that's, there's also a big thing about having more fermented food. You know what I mean? If you can't be on the net without seeing the regular things and you hope it's not from crackpot.com that it really is from, you know, Mayo Clinic. But that's one of the, when, when you're dealing with your biome, one of the things you want to do is have more yogurt, more pickles, yeah. more just fermented sauerkraut. Food in general. Sauerkraut, exactly. That's one of the things I, I woohoo, you know. I love sauerkraut. <laughs> we're, Colleen and I are very happy that we both like sauerkraut because by scent, by taste, it's not for everyone. The fact right. that we like making it by the crock and having all those tasty leftovers, thank God, because, you know, there's other people. I, whenever we had, I lived in a house called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in college, and we had food groups and everybody would make meals. And there were certain ones, you know, genetically, you're wired to like, wow, I not only don't like broccoli, I can't stand broccoli. It tastes terribly bitter. And we had some of those um, super sensitive tasters and smellers in the house that depending on what meal was made, they'd like walk in and say, oh, why'd you do that? You know, so after a while, I, I'm glad that of all the wonderful ways in which Colleen and I are compatible, that's another way in that we mostly like the same foods and they're mostly healthy. So it's not like when we're watching what we're eating, someone's not trying to sabotage the other with <laughs> right, right. Some ice cream. I love ice cream eating yeah. it in front of you, you know, that kind of thing. Well, we and, and, to each other. and again, like we've said, it's a mindset thing, but you said it's, you have to be a little more active, not so passive, yeah. you know? Oh yes. It's quite easy to stop at Burger King, but it, you're destroying your health. You're, you know, and we've got some kids, 
uh, that are kind of dealing with that at their young age. And if I'm you, like, guys, you know, when you're 30, when you're 35, 40, it's going to be worse. You know, you know, we've talked about this before and I really, this is kind of like, you know, there's an obesity epidemic in the United States, if not the yes. world. And a lot of it is based on, you know, the processed food in the grocery store that if you eat from the outside, you know, vegetables and milk and that kind of stuff. And prepare the food yourself. Exactly. Prepare the food yourself. So what does Michael Pollard say? You know, eat real food, not too much, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Fast food is absolutely the bane of the world. As I laughed about when I first discovered, you know, hey, I've really got to do some work here. There's no, I was, well, as long as I'm eating from Subway, where I can choose exactly what goes on it, and from Chipotle, where it really is the healthier versions of things, there's no healthy version where it doesn't have embedded in it all the wrong salt, fat, sugar. You know what I mean? Like, what is, what they, did you read about this article? Subway's bread in England, according to their health standards, is not bread. It's cake. It's got yeah. so much embedded sugar in it that it's it's sweeter. No wonder I love it. No wonder right. I really used to love Subway. That's one of those I've really had to cancel out of all those things. And when I weaken, when I it's like, okay, time pressure, I'm hungry. I, I really try to go. I haven't got, this is interesting. I haven't gotten into the habit of, you know, some people will like buy the thing from McDonald's and then dismantle it and just eat the innards. Right. And I, I can't do that yet. But I've been to Costco where they have amazingly cheap hot dogs. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> a 50 with a drink. And I have sat in my car, like tearing the bread off of it, dipping it in ketchup or mustard and just eating you the tube. And another one of those things like, wow, I, you know, hot dogs, that's not the least fat option. And yet they're okay in, a, in keto terms. It's the bun that you have to worry yeah, about. Yeah. And, it, it, and the birds love me because, hey, free bread right outside right. of the car when he drives away. We got a feast. It's kind of it, funny. And it's all, it's, it's a, a, a lots of little things. Like you mentioned Subway. We used to just get the salads because it was the vegetables and stuff mixed up. We just didn't want to put it together ourselves. Sure. We were in a hurry. Um, yeah. And then little things like, cause my father had uh, high blood pressure, which I do also. So if you ever look like ham, how salty ham is, how bad that is There's for you. No lunch meat that doesn't have all the embedded. Right. That's and when we, when I was younger, we'd get a ham and my mother would rinse it off and people are like, what are you doing? That's so weird. But the thing is, once we cut out a lot of salt, we didn't notice that we cut it out. And then we would try things and it'd be like way too salty for us you and we couldn't eat it. Yeah, all along. Yeah. Exactly that. You know, so your tongue is a whole battlefield for salt <laughs> and and just that. You really can retrain your body to not only like not notice it's gone, but actually when it is there, you're like, oh boy, this uh, full, I, I, like about milk, Colleen and I still were experimenting with, are we going to be able to do almond or soy or anything like that? But even having made the break from full milk to um, fat-free milk. Then when you have regular milk, it's like, wow, someone left the ice cream out and it melted this yes. glass because <laughs> yeah. it, it's just like, it sticks on your tongue. It's really coaty and cloying. Yeah. It used to be just fine. Nothing better than right. a you know, cold glass of milk, frothy milk, little milk mustache, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, well. And, it, and it's, but the thing is people look at it like, oh my God, you eat so weird. Well, actually, no, the way we're eating is what we should be doing. What everybody else is doing is what's actually weird. It's just the marketing. Oh, man, here we go. Time to rant. You get all these people still. Oh, they're trying to control you by wearing a mask. Okay, well, you stopped at McDonald's because they control you through the media. I mean, come on, folks. Do you understand how much of our thinking is controlled by what the advertisements we see and hear are? Absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, I, I have, boy, my prime example of that is I've had any number of people that do that. They go into the big paranoia rant and then they light up a cigarette. Yes. Like, wow, the, the most addictive, harmful, the people who make this have not at all your best interests at mind. They are actively killing you. We know that you they put stuff in it and you get addicted. Fluoride in your water. What an idiot. What a, I mean, just that. It's, it, it goes beyond the point of, well, we'll have a disagreement. No. You're, the proportion <laughs> of what you're doing with your life shows yes. you haven't given this a moment's thought. You read something on the net that now you can repeat ad random, but to support oh, your bad habits or bad way of thinking or like, you know, having to purposefully eat. Well, come on, folks. Sometimes you have to purposefully think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Food things are addictive. You know, in the way we've talked about salt, fat, sugar, it really hits that triple point. And right. so that's when you see people talking about why 
maybe like we are, why we give ourselves a little bit of a break and we haven't cut it out entirely. It's not the healthy, rational one. It's the addicted self that's saying, oh, I can handle it. I'm okay. It's just a little bit. I'll, I'll right. do it on the weekend. I can feel my weasel self saying and thinking terrible things ping, because it doesn't ping. want to give up. Exactly. These things that it loves them. It loves, yeah. you know, uh, I, I could sit down now and eat a whole bag of Doritos. And it's like, d- d- don't, don't do right. that. But- well, well <laughs> and, and things like the diet pops, people are like, oh, it's healthier. Well, hold on. I I read some articles and found some information out that they are designed to make you want to drink more. So <laughs> it's not healthier. And the chemicals are not health are not good for you health wise. Yes. You are not getting the, 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 the calories, the calories. Yeah. but the, the, the other stuff is not that healthy. There's choices. And, and we have this myth in the country of, Oh, I may be fat, but I'm fit or I'm healthy. And I've just read a study. They did uh, Harvard uh, medical did a study. That's like, yeah, that's false. That's not true. Right. Uh, the more you fat cannot, cells you have, the more yeah. it makes terrible havoc on your body, no matter whether you can still run a marathon. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I read the same study. And it is, it's a startling thing that, you know, you, can, you can't be skinny fat. You can't be where you're still in good shape, but carrying the extra weight. The best thing you can do for yourself is to drop your waistline, to drop that weight. Yeah. You know? and, and you get the people that are like 350, 400 pounds are like, well, I'm big boned. No, you're not big boned. You're way over obese. And, and it's horrible for your health. Yes, absolutely. You could always find people that, well, I know this person that was 200 pounds overweight. They lived to 96. Absolutely. I also know a guy that smoked for 55 years and he lived to 100 or whatever. Right. The but outliers that's not the, exist. Exactly. Do you want to roll those dice? <laughs> you yeah. know? And go ahead. Thing for us, as you know, I'm, I'm a big guy. I do have those wide shoulders. I have a lot of animal strength. I have been overweight for a long time, you know, when, when my, what, what's my best weight when I was like college and the first couple of years out. So let's say I was at my best shape until 22. That's 40 years ago. You know, I'm 60 now I, and it's been all the things they say. It's been the gradual accumulation. You know, right. if you drive a desk instead of do things every day. If you, eat, you don't eat the right times and the right things and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I haven't, um, it hasn't stopped me from doing most things. I still hike to the top of mountains. I have such animal strength that my, my lungs and heart seem to be fine despite atrial fibrillation. It never stopped me. But but then after a while, you know, you have to say, wow, you didn't have to have that with your knees and your ankles hurting quite as much. And you know that would be better. And especially the weirdness of um, first time you can't go on a ride because you couldn't close the thing on you. Man. That was a terrible day for me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not huge where people would say, oh my God, you know, are you okay? No, you, you're not because of your height, your shoulders. Because and- I'm, I'm a six, three guy that can hang a lot of, oh, awful stuff on me and still look more wedge shaped. I have these huge shoulders, but man, I have not been doing myself any favors for a long time. And I know we've jumped all around this, you know, with, with, we're not doctors. We, we right. do the level best that we can with all the information and disinformation that, that is out there. But I already know, like just in 10 pounds down, you start to be, wow, I, I never, I don't, I don't have sleep apnea. I don't have any of the side effects, but I really do feel a little bit better. I don't know how you can quantify it or say exactly why. And, and the first time that I'm like, wow, a belt notch, I, I gained a belt notch. How, how cool is that? You know, I'm, I'm 60 and that's supposed to be really hard. Then your metabolism slows down right, and, right. And, stuff. and yet it'll be a delight. None of the appearance things matter to me. It's the capability things and the longevity things that matter to me. I yes. really want to be around until I'm 141 and see 2100 at least. I want to be around forever with Colleen. I still have so many books and movies and games and everything yes. that I want to do. There's new music coming out all the time. And, you know, I had my melanoma scare 15 years ago. It really could have been that I stopped at 45. Think of all the cool stuff that has happened yeah. since then. Oh, the God, great yeah. music, the great movies, the great... The wonderful vacations that Colleen and I have been on, the the joyful, quiet moments that we've been together. Man, you don't want to give those up. You know, I'm just, I'm not bored. There's a whole beautiful world. You know, I got a 64 crayon box of stuff that I enjoy. 96 for me. Maybe, exactly. You know what I mean? I got got the full Pantone color set that I enjoy. (laughs) 
I can't believe that people would be like, yeah, I'm kind of done. I'm just going to sit and yeah, get yeah. and die. Oh my God, please don't. The world is, the world is wide and big and beautiful. Too and that's what I fight for is to see more of it. You know, yeah. Colleen's not been to Europe. I've been to Europe a couple of times. That's the, the Christmas card that I gave her before COVID hit was a map of the world and showing here's all the places we're going to go and little, you know, let's go see the kangaroos. Let's go, you know, let's go to the Louvre, that kind of stuff. And then as you might imagine, well, that was a kick in the face in March. <laughs> yeah, right. I go, hey, we're going to have to put some of those plants on hold, but we're gearing up as soon as we're vaccinated. As soon as the United States is not the pariah nation that <laughs> Trump made us be not Trump, yeah. all of his willing saboteurs and cronies. Yeah. As soon as we get to where the world is stable again, Man, I can't wait to go to Europe for a couple of weeks and just distances are so much less there. And and you can see yeah. so many, so much cool stuff. And they've Countries got 2,000 the years of history, not 200. You know what I mean? You get to see, here's the wall that stood against the Romans. Yeah. yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> just as a side rant, we could have 2,000 years of history if we hadn't destroyed all of what was here before. But that's beside the point of this sure conversation. Exactly. So let me let me tell you a, a, a story of, of a friend uh, – uh, and it, this isn't inspirational. I know it has been to me. So I have this writer friend, uh, Jay Thorne. Uh, he's been a bit of a mentor. I'm in a mastermind with him and uh, uh, all sorts of great writing things. Well, several years ago, he was having health issues, like totally tired and uh, gaining weight and all sorts of things. And he got diagnosed with gout. And they oh, said, oh, man. Yeah, not good. Uh, yeah. His system was all screwed up. Basically, he said it was because I was in my mid-40s and still living a teenage lifestyle. And there's a good summation that, right there. There you go. Exactly. So, so the doctor said, well, you know, we you got to take this medicine. Uh, and Jay says, okay, for how long? He's like, well, the rest of your life. He's like, what? And how much is it? And why don't, and, you know, he's like, wait, wait. So now I'm being told I have to take this medicine the rest of my life just to feel semi-okay. And he says, no, I, he just did not accept it. So he went on this total, total kick. And I, I mean, we talk about good eating. This guy is 100%. He okay. eats so healthy and nothing. There is nothing that he eats that is bad for you. No process, no junk food, no anything. Good for him. I, I had a, a weekend retreat with him. And for lunch, he was eating uh, peppers dipped in hummus. And, and it was hummus he made himself. So, you know. And everybody uh, else and, is enjoying the Subway sandwich or whatever. Else exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he went on an exercise kick. Now, he doesn't lift 400 pounds. He does some light weights and various machines at the gym, but he started running. And he runs like five miles a day now. He gets up at 530 and goes out for a run. Right. And he's dropped weight. He's like at his ideal weight for his height now. Yeah. Uh, I'm and, 80 pounds away from that at least. Yes. Do you know I mean, what I mean? I'm quite a few. And he hasn't had to take any gout medicine and has no signs. Now, he still has it. If he would gain the weight, if he would start eating bad, it would flare up like it nothing. It would flare up. Exactly. That. Okay. But just by eating and exercising, he's eliminated the need to have to take the medicine. So that, when people say, well, that's like you're saying, man. Yes. Okay. When, when people are saying, well, that's too much of a change. I can't do all that. That's too much work. That's bullshit. This is your life. I mean, you don't get any more. This is it. That's right. In exchange for a pain-free life, a capable life, a long life, you can't give up a ho-ho. Come right. on. Come and, on. And, and better yet, it's the mindset. Oh, but I really crave it. I want it. Well, you know what? I've had some salmon with some spices on it, like Mrs. Dash. That was fantastic. And if you put that salmon in front of me in a ho-ho, my brain rejects that ho-ho. It's like, man, I know how bad it is. I just, it's not even going to taste good because I know what it does to me. But that salmon is really good. And I'm going to have Ooh. some of that. That's the, so much what I'm doing is training my body to crave the things that are good for it in the way you just talked about. You know what I mean? It, and it's what a great example. I, I, that's what I'm looking for is I don't want to be that now I'm taking a less dose. I want to take no dose. I want to be off these drugs and have right. my body be this perfect machine that nature provides for you. If you just don't try to screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It, and yeah. Wow. I, and, I, you know, we just talked about how our 2000 years of history, we kind of messed up or our forefathers did. Um, when I was in Boy Scouts, we did a lot of Native American studies okay. and 
cultures and things like that. And I'm no expert. I don't know everything. I've never made it a huge part of my life since then. But they were a very good example of living off the land, living as part of the land, and they were healthy. They they spent their days outside. They were very active. They ate good. Obviously, they didn't make candy bars back then. Right. And you know, there's a lot of things we could probably learn from what they did. And and yes, I'm sure they had health problems that I, I don't even know about necessarily. But I would bet any money not the same health problems we're having. That's see, that's I must admit, you know, that that I have a problem with going back to like they have, you know, caveman keto or whatever they have caveman stuff. And it's like, yeah, but that's back when your life expectancy was thirty five and you didn't have to worry about what your body would be like at seventy. That's back when I don't know, they didn't have a name for it, but they had the wasting disease, which was cancer. They yeah. they must have had all the nutritional things. If you're in the middle of the Great Plains and you're not getting a lot of citrus, you must be getting scurvy. You must be getting, you know what I mean, rickets or other vitamin A, C, D, whatever the things are that you have, that if you do without those things. And so I don't know that I, it's the active lifestyle of continually being up, that's very much when you, when you, I think the better example that I might think would be there's the blue areas of the planet. If you read about these, these are where there's particularly raised longevity. And so it's like Okinawa. There's like five on the, in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you find out is, of course, it's not magic. It is that they eat much more natural food in the way you're talking about. They are more active. They walk everywhere. They they're continually doing like working on their garden. They're not sitting watching more TV. Like we were going right. to talk about, Hey, more TV is great. <laughs> yeah. so it It's there's, there's something to be said for whatever those things are that we can learn from those older situations of the Plains Indians or these blue areas. And we have to adopt it to a modern lifestyle and say, you know, I, I don't know that I want to be outside all the time. I don't want to be a subsistence farmer and live off of only grain because that's all that you have. <laughs> you right, I mean? right. But there's definitely something to be said for it. Don't go to the other end of the spectrum and say, once once pork was discovered, nice fatty pork, and we learned how to domesticate pigs and et cetera, et cetera, that wasn't necessarily the right step either. <laughs> pork is a once a week meal, not an everyday meal. You know, right. we've, we've done to, to make ourselves crazy in terms of we live in this incredible world of excess and we're determined to have it all we're determined to eat our way it's this is there's a book called something like you know digging your grave with your knife and fork and it's by mike huckabee who is in many other ways kind of a nut and yet this book was inspirational in terms of he just said so here's some truths and if you just live these truths if you really Use your fork more than your knife. There's another book you know, called Knives, I'm sorry, Forks Over Knives about the uh-huh. fireman who did it. And a lot of those things, like we talked about a little bit earlier in the conversation, I don't know that there's a single magical method, but it sure is paying attention matters. That you yeah. just care more about what you put into your body. And like you're saying, if you can't eat perfect, at least get to 90%, 80%. Don't be in the, the 10% that's wallowing right. in every day. I'm... I know I'm already in trouble and I'm making it worse, not better. At least, you know what, it's kind of funny. I'm all full of sayings today. You know, when you're in a hole, at least put down the shovel, you know, stop digging. Worse worse for yourself, at least find some anger, find some determination, look around and say, I want my kids to see me as they grow up. I don't yeah. I don't want to leave them, you know, and be in the hospital all the time, be in the hospital. Exactly that. You know, what do they think of, of their parent is that they're sickly incapable that they have no willpower. There's something just about pride. And I wish I could be better about it. You know, I wish I was strack and, and just, you know, still had my outfit into my, uh, my high school debate suit. When I go to my reunion, you know, right. my military uniform, I don't think anybody else has ever said the phrase, I'll fit into my debate suit, by the way. <laughs> we, we have an original. We'll put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> so, well, for, I mean, I talked about my friend, Jay, my, my cousin, uh, his, one of his big downfalls when we go camping and stuff is drinking. It's just, you know, I go camping, I want to drink, but he will, he went from drinking lots of hard liquors and alcohol to drinking like a lot of mics and Seagrams and stuff like that. Well, he can't really do that. You know, he basically was told 
one or two and you're done. Uh, and they saw how much sugar and carbs was in it. And it's like, yeah. Oh my God, you know? So he's drinking cell itself is calorie low. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's yeah. a spiker. It spikes your anyway. Okay. Yeah. And so he's discovered <laughs> seltzers and which I've tried. Yeah. I'll go without, I'll, you know, yeah. but for me, because I've had high blood pressure and I mean, I was in the red high blood pressure and I was even not too overweight and fairly healthy. I've been focusing a lot more on it doing more exercising. I've lost some weight. My blood pressure now is almost normal. It's like last time I checked was like 122 over 82 and it, and they went below 120 and below 80. So I'm pretty much there. That's fantastic. One of those things for me is I've never had a problem with high blood pressure despite every, the doctor, honestly, can't tell you how many times they've checked again because they can't believe for my size and my extra weight that I don't have it. And yet, for whatever reason, I'm okay in that regard. Uh, and, and it really is a nice place to get to. That's one of those places that when you make those changes, and as you saw, yours came down, it's it's a really heartening thing to say, okay, yeah. of all the of all the lifestyle things that I can be doing to myself, okay, I beat cancer, I beat heart things. Now I'm going to let diabetes do me? No. Yeah, no, no way. I'm not going to into a coma. Couldn't resist right. what you will call it bar, as I mentioned. You know, and, oh, and Gina's man. the same way. And again, it goes back to genetics. Uh, she's working on losing weight. She's been doing the Weight Watcher stuff, and we just had an amazing dinner last night Wonderful. that was in the crock pot with shrimp and some red potatoes and, and corn. And, she even put a little picture on the net that Adam, yeah. and it, it looked great. You know, it's like it was it's awesome. very elemental, but it, it looked great for it you know, so all good. those tanks. Have a, let's have a little corn combat. Let's have the shrimp. Yeah. It, it was the spices. You know, we had all the, the Louisiana spices and stuff. Uh, so she's trying to lose weight, but her blood pressure is immaculate. I've gone to the club, rode on the bicycle with her for like 40 minutes, gotten off, and she checks her blood pressure. It's still like right there. And I'm like, how do you do that? It's amazing. Not an Boy, that, no. that's that's amazing. It's, it's genetic. There, and that's, yeah. you know, that's a large part of the problem for me. Again, I have a lot of problems with the genetics, the family history on my father's side. And so no matter what I do, I'm going to have problems, but like you, I'm not going to just lie down and say, well, whatever, I'm done. No, I, I'm, you know, I want to be able to go camping more and kayaking and, you know, all this stuff I like to do. The New River. They just made a, a new national park, as you might have heard. You know, West Virginia is the first really? new national park in, I think, like 20 years at least. And it's the New River, you know, where they used to have really good class four or five yeah. rafting and canoeing. They, they've they now made a big part of it safe. And I don't know if you've ever been there. I'm hoping it's I've not. I've been on that river multiple times through the class four and fives. <laughs> Dark contrast between that beautiful nature area and on either end of it, maybe only on one end where they have like the slag mines. They did terrible mining where they really did, you know, rip up mountains and, and left debris behind and so it's like please don't let that flow down river into this beautiful nature place because then all of a sudden everything's dying of coal ash or whatever yeah. else it might yeah. be but having said that that's you know we like the fact that there's actually a couple of national parks now with shenandoah that one you know great smoky mountain that we can and cuyahoga of course you know which which it's it's kind of funny cuyahoga doesn't have necessarily like the big beautiful feature i think it was just created to have another park here in the in, well, the, in the east it, if you will as, as long as it doesn't catch fire it's all good right <laughs> and it, it, the, the part doesn't where the river ran through but yes that's exactly right you know they that i think it was probably that's actually a very perceptive statement that probably what brought it into being was that terrible thing happening, flaming river. How about we have some reverence for the environment? How about if we, here's a good example of how beautiful it can be. And let's not let that be 20 miles away. We've got effluent pouring yeah. into a river Folks. and lake and try Folks. to get. Uh, what we were just saying about sometimes you have to purposefully think, how bad is it when you actually catch water on fire? I mean, exactly. think about that for one moment here. <laughs> They, they're they still having some difficulties with algae blooms and, you know, red tides and stuff like that, right over like by Toledo. There's a couple of places yeah. they don't necessarily monitor the hot water outtake. And I don't know, it's kind of funny. This is one of those sad topics we haven't talked about enough. If you start to investigate it at all, you get really scared by, well, we got the zebra mussel invasion and we got the, uh, the catfish, you know, kind of coming up the river trying to get to Chicago. We've got all these places where... 
the the Great Lakes, they're great. They're huge. There's a lot of water. But you know what? If you pump death into them for decades, you really can have an impact. How mighty man is that we can actually kill something that beautiful. And yet there's examples of they really have affected it. And now they really have done good things where they put in all the environmental protections. Over the last four years, those have been undone in many ways. Yeah, and now we- we're them in place because we saw in just four years you can totally start to screw things up again when you're killing all the good fish and all you have is lampreys that can survive the pollution oh my god it's like a science fiction novel it's It's terrible it's (laughs) the same thing you know you you can't eat all this junk food and have and be healthy and have a good life you can't just throw all this crap around in the environment and then wonder why people are getting sick and dying. But honestly, you know, they sat down with numbers. This is, well, if we do this, we're only losing 14% of the population. So it's acceptable. You know, they did that. You know what I mean? That, That someone made a case that said, it won't be that bad. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it as much. In fact, as you know, what's the way to not worry about it as much? Stop monitoring it. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, oh my God, you're, you're, yeah, that's not just, the the level of I don't even like the disproportion of thinking that stopping checking things are going to make it go away. Disproportion is not the right word. The incredible arrogance, the 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 malfeasance of thinking that you can just put your head in the sand like an ostrich. That really you're going to do less testing because you're worried about when you test no the numbers results. Are, like, how how in the world wasn't everybody in that room when he said that going? What an idiot! How who actually well, thinks well, that way? Because oh because they said, "Well, hey, I'm going to make an extra million dollars this year." Okay, I'm off. I'm good for that. That I mean, that's exactly what it was. You know, I don't right. live there. Who cares? And that's true. How did they, how did they almost kill the new river? Because all the people that put all that coal ash in the water, they didn't live on that river. Right. They didn't live where all the miners were getting black lung. They were happy in their penthouse apartment over somewhere on the high on the Santa hill. Santa Monica. Again, not even in the state. They're in Santa Monica. You know, they and all their money's in the Grand Caymans. And I know that we just went, you know, off the deep end there. But you <laughs> know what? Every time that I say those things and I have to pull back and say, don't go off the deep end. And then you read about the Panama Papers and you find out it's not better than you thought. It's worse. (laughs) You know what I mean? There really is a whole concerted generations now of people that they're not loyal to anything. They're not loyal to their country. They're not loyal to their neighbors. They're not. They just are. I've learned to work the system enough so that I am. uh, And following. They're not loyal to their planet. And yet following a lunatic because you're afraid of him, but also because you'll make money does not make you a patriot. Exactly. Well, it's kind of, you know, as usual, cartoons, you know, tell the story. They had a great one where people are sitting in this, you know, bombed out, you know, Beirut type scene. It's going like, yeah, things are terrible now, but for a few golden years, we enhanced shareholder value. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's amazing the blindness that people can have. And maybe it's kind of funny, you know, often our discussions kind of weave back in on themselves, but I think it's because there are similarities. What's their addiction? to more, to having more, to being in that competition, to have the most money, the most yachts, whatever yeah. things that we think are ridiculous. Really, that eighth yacht is going to do you more than the seventh. And if it isn't possessions, then it's just you get to be the guy that looks on that list and says, hey, I moved up from 19 to 17, no matter what the cost of that was, yeah. no matter how many people died, got sick, no matter how right. many countries got destroyed, you actually hired people to wreck their economy so that you'd be able to do something with the futures market. Do you know what I mean? When you read books about economic hitmen and how they really have done incredible damage, it, there's just in the same way that you and I talk about, you know, our minds aren't the same as everybody else's. And once in a while we have to do that little spot check as to not everybody thinks that way. Psychopaths, sociopaths are there's all kinds of proof that you can tell them from their actions, their lack of empathy, their lack of right and wrong, but they fight way to work themselves into places of incredible influence and power. And then because we have this fascination with powerful people, we just like, well, let's get, how bad can it get? Let's give them a shot. You have no clue how bad it can get. Well, now we do. Look how bad it can get. Look at where you've had people that were in charge of energy policy that then, screwed the nation for 20 years leading to terrible pollution and terrible inequity oh well oh well (laughs) Well, kind of a political thing and this is something i don't know if a lot of people know because uh i know a lot of our kids my kids were saying things like oh i don't trust biden you know he he's an idiot he can't 
figure out what he's saying, blah, 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 blah. He sounds like he just is brain dead dementia and they're going on and on and on. Well, you know what? The man has a stutter. So when he's trying to figure out what to say, it's not because he doesn't know and he has dementia. It's because he's trying to control his stutter because people will perceive that as stupidity or dementia. So, you know, similar things. And I'll tell you, I will take a, a man with a good heart and the determination to make this country truly great again and the determination to make it great for all of us, many yes. of us, far over the, I don't know how they could say, if you will, tough things about Biden if they didn't say similar and a hundred times worse things about Trump. Again, that disproportion, and not only Trump, but any number of bad presidents and good presidents that we they've had, I just kind of can't believe that immediately, a day after Biden took office, you started to, to hear those little relatively petty things. He hasn't put kids in cages. He hasn't raped. He hasn't plundered. He hasn't um, voluntarily defrauded people to their face with this university or this stake scheme or this real estate scam. Like he's so much not that yeah. criminal. And yet people are going to be like, did you see that suit he was wearing? Obviously not a politician, not a professional. What's wrong with you that you would care about that crap? Would you give all well, this a box? Oh my I, God. <laughs> I imagine the Trump supporters would have been against Lincoln. You know, exactly. The, the, the nerve of him saying that all men are created equal, like yes. says in that constitution that we, they kind of pick at it like the Bible. I'm going to obey the nice sections that I particularly like, and I'm going to disregard the rest. So never yeah. mind the emoluments clause. Never mind that there really are things in place that say there's ways to remove a guy who's obviously gone off the rails and is and is destroying your country. And they didn't act on it for four years. Well, they didn't because they were afraid of them. And it was helping them financially. Well, and so the combination of that. So, yeah, you're in it with him or you're afraid of him. I didn't hire a coward. I didn't. You know what I mean? You're you're my representative. I'm not that cowardly. Speak right. up. I, oh, well. Give, I, give me <laughs> Senator Leahy, the, the Batman senator. Give me him. That is very funny that they just pointed that out, that, that he's like, you know, the big Batman fan. He's actually been in five movies now. Yeah. You know, I, I was, as I mentioned, I, I, I wasn't I hadn't linked he was in that many movies and that that's who that is, that, that he managed right. to find a way to be, you know, that, that comic book friendly, if you will. So, and did right. you see all the money he's made from his acting? He donated back to the library he went to as a kid. Yes, exactly. And so that, thank you. That's so much the important coda to say is that this wasn't him cashing in on pseudo yeah. frame being a Congress critter that it actually was, well, how can I use my powers for good? So so th th let, me, let me just send out the message to everybody here. We'll end things is that's how you make America great, folks, right there. That's the example. There you go. Exactly. Think, think of somebody besides yourself. Think of the future. Think of the children. And not think of the children like a sob story where you're going to be able to you know, get away with stuff. It's more or like how wow. you can use it for marketing to make money. Exactly. So, all right. All right. As usual, wonderful speaking with you. I'm glad we're back on track. I, I yes. just, you know, see you in a week. Okay. Yep. Stay healthy. Thank you. Same for you. Later. Okay. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on geek topics of the week.